Say Zeppelin 2 is the best Zeppelin album. Maybe four. Maybe four. Maybe Houses of Holy. But listening just straight through while doing chores and housework. Like, it's coming in. And Troy is out again. He re-injured his back. So I feel bad for him. Feel better soon, man. And in his stead, we have, well, somebody who is nowhere near lesser than Troy. He plays up here with the big boys all the time. Uh, yes, I am. You know him as 84. Uh, and, you know, I like numbers. I'm big into numbers. Yeah? I'm you on, a mathematician I'm on, or something? I'm on... <laughs> Statistician? I'm going to change my handle to second string. Second string? <laughs> Second string, 84. Yeah, I mean, if, if Troy can't be here, I'm there. If Jack Campbell can't be in, I'm there. You know, if, if Greg's out, I'm there. I'm just, I'm second string. You're like the sixth man. I'm, I'm like the Donnie Baseball yeah. of News Talk Radio. I mean, you're, you're a journeyman. Is you put the team on your back, and you don't always get the credit. And that's that's code for I really don't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, earlier today I was thinking about uh, I probably need to change up my walk. Every few years I change my walk. You know, like my gait. Why? Well, because you got to keep people on their toes. I don't want people being able to see me from far away. And go, oh, that's Joey. Maybe I'll add a limp this year. I don't know. Maybe. And then also, I'm thinking about that, changing that, that my just, walk. I've never heard that before. However, am I? And also, am I too? I'm thinking this is a bigger change. Is my accent too neutral, or should I ham up the fact that I am, in fact, born and raised from here, Montgomery, Alabama? I'm still trying to get over you the new change walk? the way that you walk. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I remember, and you know, you know, see it. You've mm-hmm. met my 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 oldest daughter, yeah, Sydney. Little little Sid, yeah. Who will turn 20 years old this Friday? Oh, wow, do you feel like an or old no, guy? When whatever the 28th is, mm-hmm. do do I? Mm-hmm. But I remember when she was she was a little bitty thing. She was probably about four years old. 
and we were in a gas station. Well, it was at corner store. They do the gas station pizza and this and that. It's a you know a pretty big right. type deal. And 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 Sid had her little icy, and she was walking. And uh, one of the girls that worked there, she she had never seen her before, and she says, "Is that your daughter right there?" And was looking at her from behind. Couldn't right. see her face. I mean, she she does kind of resemble me a little bit. You you could pick us out, and in a lineup. But the, and I said, yeah. I said, what are you trying? She said, she walks just like you. There it the, is. <laughs> the way that I walk. There it is. See, I might need to get like more of a limp. Like, can I get like little, you know, little limp, little limp? Oh, you right. talking about the pimp limp? Yeah, maybe the pimp limp. Maybe I'll introduce the pimp limp. I used to have the pimp limp. I took it out, just had a normal walk. Maybe I'll do the Putin, the old KGB, where my right hand doesn't move from my side so I can get to my gun faster. Dude. I don't know. And then I'm thinking, like, should I change up my accent? Or it's hamming up the Southern a little more. You think the folks would like that? Or is that playing to the... It's that just not being genuine. That is not being genuine. Okay, then I won't be that way. Now, Joey, if I really wanted to be on the radio and <laughs> wanted to talk all the time on the radio, I would change my voice where the, I actually enunciated every single you letter in every word. Every yes. single word? I would pronounce everything properly and i would do it that way see man i think that i just is... want to go in the opposite direction now where see, i'm a little bit it's not too southern but it's you know a little bit i'm gonna get the job done and we're gonna have a good show here on the joey clark radio hour I mean, it's kind of like aj styles in the wwe you know i'm phenomenal right you know i'm phenomenal it's it's not a send-up I can speak in this manner without it sounding too ridiculous. Now, I can't go up into the Lindsey Graham where it's real, you know, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's my star. I definitely, you're just going to perpetuate rumors about you if you go up that high. Well, then I could go down into the old school, you know. We're going to have a good show tonight. Ah, yeah. My voice is like velvet, but a little stained, you know, because I've been having some fun. Now, you don't want to do that. That's just like dating uh, you know, I, I, I remember growing up and thank the good Lord I don't have to date anymore. Uh, and I pray that I never have to ever again. But you well, try who, to. Who says, who says that you have to stop once you're married? Who says, Kelly, on, if, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd date her. You could do the, I could do this the whole show. That's kind of creepy. It is a little. <laughs> or we could go up to Bernie Sanders. Really, is just an old Jewish guy. We're just going to do impersonations all night with the free market. Yeah. Yeah. We only had someone here that could do a Kay Ivy. I know. Now, that would be awesome. That would be good. She's in the news with this new election. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it would be wonderful if we could get a Kay Ivy. Yeah, but no, nah, I mean, just be yourself. And that does, that goes to dating is you try to put on airs and you try to be something you're not. When you find somebody just... Just be you, and if somebody accepts you, right, it, it, then they do. If they don't, if they say, well, you know, if you didn't do this, then, you know, if you put your toilet paper on the roll the other way, you know, but you don't, and you squeeze your toothpaste from the middle, then I, I just can't, I can't live well, with that. What if you've got it's a big, like, what okay. if you've got a big tube? Yeah. Why well, would you squeeze the big tube from the bottom? It's, it's not... It, it, it's the the risk of falling out of your hand. It's difficult to hold it and direct it right onto the brush if you've got one of those oversized like Costco tubes of paste. 
of toothpaste. Yeah. So, but nah, yeah, be yourself. Don't be changing your. Don't change. Don't your change walk. my walk. Don't change my voice. Don't change your voice. We could do the old school, like you know, the the little ladies who love Joseph Robin at Biden. I mean, that's what that's what theater is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, when you. Yeah. When, in theater, you're playing a part. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing a part right here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We could do that. You talk differently because you're lying, and you're uh, it basically is what you're doing. You're you're trying to trick the audience into thinking you're. This I'm person. something that I'm not. Right, right. And I don't want to do that. I think I've been myself. Would you say I have been myself over these you last have. few months? And when you talk like that, it's I know you well enough. Over the years, much less from just when you started your own personal radio right, show, right? That it's like Joey, man. That that's not you. If you if you talk to me off air in that voice, I would probably just slap you and say, "What in the hell is wrong with you?" That's not you, man. Be yourself. Well, eighty-four. It was a pleasure <laughs> to see you. Would you like to go to the bomb house? I'm not even sure what that is. It's just like a made-up Monty Python voice. Anyway, over the last month or two, when we're here alone, just you and I, you occasionally have some tough questions to throw my way. Now, do you have any tough questions, some real humdingers tonight? I don't know. I've got one. you got one. i got one real tough one. And then I've got one that's just... I don't know that I've ever gotten your real opinion on. Okay. Well, interesting. And I've got another one that's just a personal question about you. Would you like me to answer certain questions in different voices? or <laughs> If you're going to do them in voices, I'll have to come up with something else. I'll ask you why you don't like uh, Shania Twain. I do like Shania Twain. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to put in... I'm going to put a one, two, and three. Okay. And not in the order that I told you what they were. And the... Uh, All right. You pick the number, and right. I'll ask the question. <coughs> and I hope you don't ask for one number. <coughs> because I'm sure you'll throw it back around on me. Okay, let's do... Can we flip a coin? No, three options. We can't flip a coin. Uh, let me just do the like... And the number is... Two. Two, two, two. What you got? Oh, that's the easiest one. Okay, cool. This is just something that I've never yeah, asked you about. You want my opinion? Sure. I heard something today, and I, I, I don't know what made me think about it. What are your personal opinions on homeschooling? On homeschooling? Mm -hmm. I love it. If God willing. Now I sound like a Muslim. Uh, no, if I ever have children and I have the means to do it, I think homeschooling is the way to go. Because I think you can get plenty of socializing in other ways. Uh, there are now opportunities out there for people to do homeschool to come together, or they have a host school for sports or other things. Uh, I think homeschooling is brilliant. I think the model that's in public school especially, which is changing some, but in private school as well, doesn't always serve kids the best. And I think it teaches kids to constantly be going through the, the hoops that school sets up, whether at elementary, middle school, or high school. But if you can get a kid, it's mostly that middle school, high school, that age where they're learning to drive, for instance. They need a job. I think task-oriented learning, like figure this out 
and whatever information you need, I think homeschooling's better. You can a kid can learn at their own pace. I don't think you need an institution uh, to make somebody effective in this world as an adult. But how do you expect your children to have any social skills if they stay at home with one of their parents and learn all day? And they, I mean, it's well, other parents, human beings. They don't have any interaction. They do have interaction with other kids, though. I mean, you could join a sports league. Join the Y. Play basketball. Play okay, baseball. Okay, so they get like one hour play playing basketball, mm-hmm. and that's... Dude, you know how hard it is for me to play devil's advocate? I thought we right. were going to disagree on this, Joey. No, I, I very much agree. I, I think... Well, I was actually, the book I'm reading this week is called The Progressive Era by Murray Rothbard. And one little tidbit in the opening he talks about is that public schooling was not to uh, just bring wisdom to the masses. It was actually, a lot of the push was Yankee Protestants, these pietists, who thought in order to have God's kingdom come, we have to bring it out on earth first. And so a big part of it, a public schooling, was to Christianize the Catholics. These immigrant Catholics who are sending their kids to Catholic school. No, 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 no. That will not do. We've got to get them into compulsory education run by the government. And I just, I don't like the whole mentality. I think there are plenty of successful people in this world, if they have their wits about them, uh, to not only be successful in life, but to go beyond what's the usual definition of success. Well, Joey, and that's what schooling is. People don't realize it, and apparently we're on the same side of this argument, so this is a very terrible argument, but uh, at least I've got some peace to say about it. Uh, What school is, it is an indoctrination, is what it is, period. Whether you go to a Christian school, a Catholic school, or a government school, you're going to be indoctrinated into one of three beliefs. The underlying is going to be Protestant. The underlying is always going to fall back to the Catholic. Mm -hmm. The underlying is always going to fall back to the government. And that's what public schools are. And it's homeschool is not something for everybody. And when when we decided to homeschool our children, there there's several things that you get. And I mean you get it from your own family, your parents, your grandparents, your best of friends is there's a couple of them I love the best is they will have no social skills (laughs) because they're gonna be at home all the time. Right. You've you've met Coleman. Yeah. Coleman has a lot of social skills. He has too many <laughs> that kid social is precocious, skills. Man, <laughs> he's eleven and he thinks he's forty years old. I know he's he's freaking you know, hilarious. But my children could always carry on conversations. They say, "Well, you know, they're not in a class or not this." And you think about life. Uh, how you're twenty nine? Twenty nine. I'm forty four. Okay, and we interact all the time. Yeah. In a school setting, we would both be either 29 or 44. That would be the only people we had social contact with other than the The, authority figure over us that was telling us what we are supposed to think. Yep. Not just know, but what we're supposed to think. And I would only associate with somebody older than me if I played sports with them. The other thing is, well, if you homeschool your children, they're going to be weird. Good. And I... 
my pat answer to those people, I look at them and I says, wow. So you went to a high school where there was no weird kids at your high school, right? right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, no, but that's different. Right. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, there are weird people that have weird children yeah. in the homeschool you know, community. Yeah, sure. But there are weird people that have weird children in government schools, yeah. in private schools, right. in Catholic. I'm sure Catholic had no weird kids <laughs> right. there, right? Well, I went there, so. Well, it, case closed. But it's okay. Let's go to a different question. Because we mostly agree on this. I think if you have the means to, All right. to homeschool your child, it's... Uh, so now it is kind of a flip of a coin. Nah, it is. I don't have a coin on me, though, so... Poor Joey. Uh, I thought you were joking about being broke. Let's go! Oh, you got a coin on you? We can actually do the flip, make this actually random? Yeah, there it is. All right. I got a penny. (laughs) Okay, we're going to make it heads, the head of Abraham Lincoln, the Caesar of our great nation. That's going to be one. Okay. The back with the, you know, tail is going to be number three. So let's do this. It's been a while since I flipped a coin, so hard to flip a penny. I've flipped it up before I flipped it. Ah, uh, this is great radio. Tails number three. Tails is number three. This is the one I did not want to ask you. Okay, good. This is why we left it to random chance. Yeah. Or was it destiny? I don't know. We we share something you and i do yes in that we have both lost our mothers Indeed. and we were both very close to our mothers yes i was telling you before the show i've been kind of down for a couple of days and kind of quiet uh and i've i've been thinking about this so it is it is an unfair question as usual when i asked you one of these what is it that you miss the most about your mother I mean, there's all kind of things, you know, as we, she made great cornbread or, uh, you know, her pancakes are just different. The, the way she cooked, you know, this or, uh, you know, the way her perfume smelled and it could be something that simple, but what is the thing that you miss the most about your mother when you, when you think about her and it overcomes you and you go, Man, I wish she was here. Before I answer it directly, the last time I choked up um, was when Greg was talking about going and giving away Janelle. And uh, just them talking about the weddings and talking about the crazy life Greg has lived and that he gets to be there that day. Remarkable uh, thing in life. And I almost broke down on air off mic thinking, well, if I ever get married, mom won't be there. I mean... In a way, she'll be there, but she's not going to be there. Yeah. And that really sucks. I'm tearing up now. Uh, the thing I would miss the most, and it's weird because when she was alive, I I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was she was almost a great, for all her flaws, and she had them, uh, she was a great, almost like external conscience. Like, you know, you have a relationship with your conscience, that voice in your head or a feeling or whatever, and I do. But uh, in a way, to know that it was somebody actually different from you who would have a strong opinion on whatever it was and usually an informed opinion, um, yeah, I think 
that is gone, and I miss that the most. That I can't just, it's not any particular conversation. It's like I can't bring up whatever's happening in life. And yeah. it doesn't do to think, what would mom have thought about this? Because then I'm just doing the thinking. Yeah. Based on you know my last best memories of her. And so that's what I miss the most, is just somebody to sit out on the front porch with and chat about yeah. life. Well, and I think I think that's <laughs> that's kind of weird because I w- I was thinking I went I went by and I never ever ever thought I would do this. I went by the cemetery. My mother died on April the nineteenth, two thousand sixteen, and I went by that afternoon. And I don't know why we do this, but just went by and looked at her headstone, and I just started talking to her and cleaned it off and made sure everything you know looked fine and it hit me then uh i lived half a mile down the road from my mother and and i saw her on a very regular basis it wasn't like you know three times a year right i saw her probably at least three four times a month uh if not more and uh but we didn't talk i didn't call her every day we didn't talk every day however when I did call her or when she did call me, we didn't talk for five minutes unless she was asking me for someone's phone number or, you know, what time is Sydney's play this weekend or is, right. is Savannah or Savannah's play? Uh, you know, when is, you know, Sarah playing ball? Is, do you need me to keep Coleman? When we talked, we would talk until the battery went dead on my phone. Hmm. And I've, I, I can remember, I mean, many times I would come home and I would generally, if Mama would call, I wouldn't answer the phone because I knew what was going to happen. And then right. when I left town, this is what us country folks say, you go to town, that's Montgomery proper, but headed home, I would call Mama. And it, 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 we would talk anywhere from an hour, hour and 45 minutes a, until the phone died would just talk and you know the conversation would start and then it would lead into something else she was so wise and and uh and we just we love one another so much and we would make each other laugh my mother had a great sense of humor and i just i miss being able i wish i would have done that more often than I did. However, I wonder if it would be as special, right? You know, if we talk for ten minutes every day, rather right. than the long conversation, the big deep conversations. You know, once a month, and and they were, you know, about that regular. Well, and as much as people joke about safe spaces, uh, people do. Most people, some people write and keep a journal or a diary or whatever. But most people, when they're talking, they're not actually talking about something they know about. And I think, folks, that's how I approach this show. Half the crap I say, I'm just thinking it out loud. And when you have somebody that's really good to talk to, you're actually working through things. And I worry that generally, especially in politically charged spaces, there's no room to kind of think out loud, which is very useful for people. When you can literally bear witness to somebody, sit across and have a conversation uh, it's rare these days, and if you find a good friend like that, but there's nothing like that. At least in my case, I had a relationship with my mother that um, I could pretty much say what I wanted, even if I knew she would disagree with it. And she mm-hmm. wouldn't, 
you know, bring down fire and brimstone on me. She might correct me or disagree with me, but it was never like a, a hostile argument. I mean, we had some we had some arguments before, but that was more over you know stress getting to both of us, not over anything important. Yeah, and and that's that's the point. And I'm I'm starting to kind of realize this with my children is is my children are getting to the point we're almost beyond the correction yeah you said that you know place i mean they still live under my roof and i'm in charge of their money and this and that and but they're gonna have to make their own lives but and and my mother and i which i mean my daddy he's still around they were married they never divorced i mean they're together you know, not that that's a bad thing, but I mean, they they were together too, and I'm very close to my daddy. I love him to death, uh, and I talk to my daddy all the time as well. But but it was something I had a special connection with Mama, and we had morphed into that that difference from Mama child period to yeah. we kind of had become friends yeah. and we could we could disagree i was always respectful i never hollered at her or said yeah or anything like that even but we got to where we could talk and she would actually respect my opinion on something and that's when i felt like a grown man is when my mother respected what i said and says well you know what you may be right about that maybe i'm wrong i said well dang you know that with a with that also comes a lot of pressure you're like i'm grown now i'm Gotta sure enough grown make your own path and i feel like i was pushed pretty early to go do that i was already there with mom but uh well now it's uh developing that muscle much quicker than i thought it would have to and we still have one question left oh, it'll be a piece of cake compared to that one yeah Well, thank you for asking. I told you I didn't want to ask it. We'll be right back, folks. Joey Clark. Stereo is out. Yeah, they've got these headphones set to mono. I didn't pick the best song. Oh, I, I was listening to this at the in the home studio. We've got like some old school Kenwood speakers set up with the turntable. And really, have got it in like quadraphonic mode. Yeah, I don't. And I don't have a fantastic. tick. I kept leaning to the left trying to hear <laughs> the left side of the song. <laughs> you kind of barely. It's real faint. It's like my my whole pickup truck that I drive. I have one speaker in it, and it is so funny. <laughs> what you because it is set up in stereo. Right, I mean, yeah, the, the but, system is, but none of the all the speakers are blown. But in you it. miss out. And and the songs that have those cuts like that, you hear the down up, down up, yeah, down up. 
<laughs> okay, we get it's, it. It is hilarious. But uh, you have one more question left. You've come with okay, three. Say, what, we've, we've answered two. We've, homeschooling. What's the most? I thought we think we missed the. I thought biggest we could do a whole show on homeschool, and I just I can't. But we agree on it. And I that's know no it. Fun. Uh, no, it's so, no fun. We rarely agree. So, uh, what do you um, and got? Number one here. Then we, we got all weepy about our mamas. Yeah. Uh, the last one. I mean, this is just uh, this is a general question, and and don't go all uh, modest on me. I'll, be, I'll answer how I want to. All right. I'll be dead serious. Even if you won't be, you are. A, I'm a always very, serious. I'm always serious. You are a very successful person. Especially for your age, well, where thank you've you, thank where, you very much. I where appreciate you've that. Come from and what you've accomplished in your short career. I mean, you've gone from being. Uh, how'd you start up here? You started as an intern, correct? Yeah, in college. For All a right. So, bit. so you interned and you went to being a producer, mm-hmm. and then a producer slash sidekick, sidekick. Right. To your own show, to now I'm producing. You pretty much hosting. run the whole radio no, station up here. That's now. a little much. That's a little overstated. But thank you. But anyhow, you are successful. And yeah. I mean that truly. Mm-hmm. And you should you should own that. I feel like I'm on the cusp of it. It's a long climb. What trait about yourself do you think? Mm, helped or made you be successful? Well, number one from experience is that I actually have worked tough jobs, like jobs that are tough on the body. This job, Barron's talked about it, it does leave you your brain a bit fried after you get done. Some days better than others, depending on how you're taking care of yourself, how long the day's been. Uh, but I did, you know, work parks and rec, working in landscaping, did construction cleanup, worked the boring, even job that wasn't that tough physically, but was just boring like work, being a game tech, working at Fun Zone, working at a donut shop, making the donuts on the graveyard shift. I'd done all those types of jobs. Worked in the Chappie Kitchen at Auburn. And I just hated it. I hated normal work. And I always fancied myself as somebody who's going to be involved in like writing or entertainment in some way. And then when this job came around, especially as I got the politics bug, I was like, radio is a bit like theater and entertainment, but it's also informative in other ways. And then I didn't realize until recently, radio's also perfect, and this gets to the trait. I've always been the guy. You're talking about, you know, your kids sound like they can hold a conversation with a 40-year-old. I was always the kid, not in the playroom, once I turned like 10, 11, 12, I didn't want to go play video games. I wanted to sit with all the adults as they talked about economics and business and politics and religion and faith and relations. I wanted to hear what the adults' conversation was. And I wanted to really get to know the people that were supposedly my elders and my authorities. And radio's been perfect for that. That sort of inquisitive trait that I don't really like the casual cocktail party, glad-handing sort of thing, where you get to know people a little bit and you kind of have... I like being able to sit down and have a long, in-depth conversation that usually does touch on the things you're not supposed to talk about in public, politics, sex, and religion. I've always been that way. Ask any of my friends in middle school. I'm talking about the existence of God, and you know, we're, I, the conversation would always go to something like that. Um, I've always been that way, and radio, it turns out, and as this podcasting world grows, too, 
it's perfect. I think that trait of liking to have an in-depth, intense conversation or be very silly. I also used to love improv, do skits, like inspired by whose line is it anyway. I've had that silly... That was a great show. <laughs> that, like, I've always had that silly, want to make stuff up, like that wink, wink, we know we're making stuff up, we're doing voices, we're putting things on. I've always loved that, and I've always loved deep, in-depth conversations. So it turns out radio, I think, is perfect for that. And, and we, I'm also self-conscious about how I look in the mirror, so nobody has to look at me. Yeah, you got duck lips. I do. Yeah. I do. You need to quit taking selfies. Oh, shit. This is up. just friend to friend. That was a realistic selfie. I was a little tired in the morning. It, what, the way you look right now, that's yeah. what it should look like. No. No, don't do the poochy lips out. I didn't do duck the poochy lips. lips in that photo you're talking about. Do we need to put this online and have a vote about it? No, here's... Okay, my inquisitive look does look like that. No, the furrowed brow. I'm not talking about the brow. I'm talking about the duck lips. I'm not doing this in the picture. <laughs> certainly are. And see, that is a character flaw, because you don't even realize you're doing it when you're doing it. True. Hey, I'm a friend. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just going. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then the cat's out of the bag. That's a pretty baby. I'm really a five or a six, and I wish I was a ten. Thank <laughs> you for bringing up that insecurity. <laughs> but do you think it, you're talking about your conversations and the way yeah. that, that you react? Do you think it, you didn't do that for approval, or uh, when you say something, it's not for the shock value? Is it truly to gain greater understanding over something? Did you yes. are honestly inquisitive? About yes, something? and so. that the one thing that would really piss me off is people would go, "You're just being that young contrarian. You're just being smart with me." And okay. it's like, no, I genuinely think this. I might be wrong. Can we talk about it? And, I, yeah, I've always, it's been honest conversation. I well, mean, see, that's what I found about you. I feel like that's, that is yeah. genuine about you, that you're not doing, saying something just to get a reaction. Now, it may get a large reaction. It may. You know, like when you said, well, I'm not voting, and everybody jumped off bridges. But I genuinely and, felt that way. I was yeah. more struggling with that. It was like in a community of only straight people, me coming out as gay. Because, you know, some people do that just for the effect, and they're doing it on purpose. They're not just being honest. I, I feel like you're being honest when you do those yeah. things. And I would, I would I have... I felt burned after the last few election cycles. I felt like this is a farce. And, you know, in large part, it really is. Right. Uh, you know, it's well, and I also did it because I think if more people in media, especially political coverage, made a vow that I'm not donating to any party, I'm not voting for anybody, I'm just going to call them like I see it, which still means I'm bringing some of what I believe to the table. Right. But if I'm not invested in any obvious way, I think it frees you up to where you'll go, yeah, everybody for the most part who listens loves Trump. But that one thing Trump did was pretty stupid because I'm not cheering for Trump every day. You know what I mean? It's And it's not like I set out. I'm not on the other team who's like, I must be critical of Trump every day. But it's it's more like, nope, I've kind of given up the seriousness I take myself with like my political analysis. And unless a very serious issue comes up, for the most part, it's just fun. And I wonder why why people have to be that way. It can't be. I think they feel under siege. 
but why do you have to hate if you classify yourself as a Republican, if you classify yourself as a Democrat, if you classify yourself as a Libertarian, mm-hmm. why is it necessary that you hate two of the other three in anything they do, even if it's good? Well, because at the end of the day, politics is about winning. It's about winning elections and winning power through those elections. And Even so, though they and, say we're you know, here to serve old, you, I want to go to I want to go to Washington and I want to serve you. I want to do the will of the people. Right, but this is the biggest trick. It's that old phrase: power corrupts, power tends to corrupt, and absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. It's always seemed to be applied to like the head of state, uh, like whether it's a dictator or a president or an emperor or you know the the popes who became corrupted and involved in politics. Anybody who has a lot of power, a big businessman, and he does bad things with all his money and power, it power does tend to corrupt, and that is correct to apply to those types to like individual people with lots of power. But I think power has also corrupted the people. That because it's, at the end of the day, become a game of who wins power and gets to force what I think and what the rest of us think on you, then why should I have a charitable discussion with you? Because whoever wins this game gets to force their point of view. Yeah, that's a good point, young Joey. Well, thank you, sir. I've, I've never thought about that. The, the people as a whole, or a majority of the people in a spot, say we're voting for mayor of Montgomery. Right. The majority of the people in Montgomery, they have power. Well, and and I if think they band it, together, then they've got the same complex that the future mayor's going to have when Strange steps down. We're going right. to have a new mayor here. We will, but and I think <laughs> politics works a, a bit better. Not always, but it, power even, say, you're sitting on the school board. That minuscule amount of power, it corrupts people even then. But I think politics, democratically, works better at a local level. Where you could actually say, hey, Todd, and it's not offensive. It's like, what's up, Todd? And, like, what are you trying to do here in this city of ours? You can actually get to meet the guy. And Montgomery might even be too big for what I'm envisioning. But I think it tends to work when everybody can actually know each other fairly well. Right, because you do. You see him and you have have an interaction with him. It's easy for me to sit here and and just dog cuss something that they do up in New York. And or you know talk about a congressman from up there or something. I'm never going to see well, that. And, guy. And, I'm never going to see Donald Trump. I could sit here right. and dog cuss Donald Trump all day. I'm never going to meet him right. and have to see it face to face with him. Well, and at the, also at the end of the day, if you don't like what a given city is doing, it's easy to leave. It really is. That's right. It, it's a little more difficult to leave a state, but you still could leave a state. You can't really. You know, you don't like America. Get out. Yeah. Well, if I try to get out, you try to charge me a penalty for leaving and take my expected lifetime taxes so no i can't just leave america unless i do it illegally because now moving around the world as a free human being freedom really is god stopped giving inalienable rights 84 at the border apparently i don't get into that and i'm not just talking about the u.s anyway I don't see a problem with a country having borders and having rules inside the country. You can come in. You don't have to come in. Period. The problem with not enforcing the border is you can't have two things at one time. You cannot have an open border, Joey, 
and a welfare state. They do not coincide. The okay. welfare state, which is already going broke, already it was going broke when I was a young man. Well, then, was why, going broke. then why isn't the focus then on dismantling the welfare state? Not by just repealing it, by setting up more nonprofits, more networks, more charities that can actually take the burden off yes. the public purse. That creates more chaos than stopping them. They don't want to get rid, the powers that be don't want to get rid of the welfare state because those people are dependent on government. The people in charge are in in charge of their life. They cannot live without the government continuing what they're living on. Mm -hmm. Their food stamps, uh, their health care, their housing. Their central office. Everything. It does. It goes all the way up. I wasn't through. It goes all the way up to large corporations because they're the ones skirting the system and not paying taxes. It's not me. It's not you. I'm sure April 15th you I filed an extension. Exactly, because you know you're going to have to pay something. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because you can't hire $200 an hour accountants to fix your books where everything's fine. People want the system to stay like it is, but they've got to limit the number of people that are coming in. It must be limited. You can't... If you did away with all welfare, including corporate welfare, Mm -hmm. I would say... Screw the wall. Let them all come in. Fend for yourself. Property borders. Because that's the way this country was built. This country was built by people that came in, all the wrongs that they did, put that aside. That's a moral discussion, not getting into that. They came over here with nothing but the shirts on their back and the food that they could grow. And they either lived or they died. And they were welcome to go out and kill folks and take their land and spot, take them a spot of land to set a house up on and do that. That's fine. If we want to go back to those days, take the borders down, let everybody in. But if you can walk across the border and we say, okay, come to the hospital and we're going to deliver your child and give you prenatal care and then we're going to give you the WIC program and feed your child until they're 18 and then we're going to give you government subsubsidized. Right. uh, See, the school system itself, we're spending here in Montgomery $11,000 per pupil. And if you... I get your point. We agree. It's a point Milton Friedman made. You can't have open borders with a welfare state. But you talking about what you're talking about. Again, I'm reading this book called The Progressive Era. It is with the Progressive Era that you get all these tight controls on immigration. Not, I'm not saying today, but back then it was some racist crap. Really bad racist crap. You get also all the regulations on the workplace. You get the welfare state. You get all this stuff that drives people apart because they're relying on it or they're the ones feeding it. It drives people apart. And I think people are so they can't sit down together because there's too much at stake, whether it's your welfare state or your warfare state. We always talk about we want a moderate, somebody who's centrist. Well, historically, for the last century at least, that that means you have a big warfare state and a big welfare state. You got all the regulation, a centralized federal government that can project power overseas and project power at home. The progressives won, and we've been living in their world for a century. And we're now kind of breaking apart because 
when you're really rich and you're just starting out those programs, they can kind of work for a little while. When you're now trillions of dollars in debt, you have military obligations all over the world with no end in sight, really. And you have huge unfunded liabilities for so-called entitlements. Things are a little messed up right now. And so no wonder people are at each other's throats because they realize, well, if I don't get my way, the other side will get their way. And it's not an honest intellectual debate. It's emotional. I'm under attack. I'm under siege for the things I believe in. And if I don't join this group, then it's all going to hell. And That's how people feel. It, it has become that way, and it has not been that long. I mean, Social Security started, what, back in the, in the 60s? 30s. 30s, is that when SSI started and the welfare state started? Well, and then it the beefed 60s. up under Johnson in the 60s. Yeah. And, and that Medicare, was, Medicaid. Going back to my mother being wise, she said that's what ruined this country hmm. is when the government, and they started borrowing from the government-funded... Right. That you think this health care system is going to work? Why anybody ever thought it would work? That was government-funded retirement is what your Social Security check was supposed to be. Yeah. That's the way they sold it and said, well, when you retire, then you're going to be able to get all this money, you know, once a month enough to live on. And then they started borrowing out of it to say, well, we're going to take care of widows and orphans with it. That's all, just widows and orphans. But I've come to the conclusion that you can't just repeal that stuff. It's either going to fall under... You can't. It's either going to fall under its own weight or, which is likely in the next few years, or, I mean, the way... Our deficits are going, especially under this Republican-led government. Is that'll be chaos? Or people can start taking the initiative themselves and start looking out for their local communities, building up things like mutual aid networks, charities. And if you start helping people in that way, and you realize, oh, we don't really need this public safety net. Same thing with homeschooling, getting rid of public school. They'll get both of them if you do that. If you create a system, Joey. Well, we gotta, People are going to find a way now you're to just game being, the system. Now you're just being I'm negative. just being cynical. Yep. No, I'm not being negative. I'm being, being cynical. cynical. I learned that from a young fellow I know. Oh, scratch a cynic. You'll find a disappointed idealist. Folks, thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night. Thank you, Eddie. Ford. Joey Clark.